0: Thank you, team, uh, Daryl and the team, for, for uh, leading us this morning. That was great. I love, they did quite a bit of, uh, or some of Elevation music, and I love Elevation music. If you like listen to music on the Internet, go to Elevation uh, Music or Elevation Network, and you'll find some good music, and they write some good songs down there in the United States. Now, we do write some good songs, too, and I'm sure there's some good songwriters in the church, so start writing. Ask the Lord to give you some, some, some music. Last week we started in uh, the book of Jonah. Um, Maybe we can bring up the title from last week. Uh, And I told you last week, go back to the very beginning. There we go. Okay, I told you last week we had a number of titles. And I think I could have just preached on titles. Uh, But uh, Jonah, the runaway, not uh, the runway. But this is a good place to land, by the way, anyway, whatever it is, okay? I've got to stop using punny stuff because I listen to the news and they try it, and it just is really cheesy, so I'll stop right now. Um, seeing ourselves, seeing God. And y- you need to do that when you read the Bible. Just don't do it because, well, you know, I'm a Christian. I, I need to read at least a few verses a day. See yourself, see God when you read the Word. And last week we talked about Jonah and obedience if it is convenient. Jonah was a prophet. And I just want to quickly, it's not, the title is going to stay up there because I, I don't have all this stuff that I'm going to say right now. Uh, we learned four things last week. I'm just going to quickly say them to you because we're not going to preach them again. And I just want to keep to my time, which is, well, you say, Pastor Bruce, at an hour and 15 minutes. Okay, <clears throat> not really. Don't want anybody to leave yet. Uh, number one, we can't escape God. Noah tri- uh, Jonah tried to escape God. Uh, ran away. Went in the opposite direction God told him to. Secondly, we learned that God will travel with us. You know, some people say, well, if I'm disobedient, God is not going to be around. Uh, that's not the God I serve. If you think that, that's not the God of the Bible. He doesn't let you off the hook that easy. Someone said, and if I can read it, the love of God doesn't uh, want, wait for you to be perfect. Uh, he, wants you to co- he wants to be part of your life right now. And I am having trouble reading. And I'll tell you why, so, so you'll understand. Why do you talk about having trouble reading all, all the time? I just went to the optometrist last week. There's some new glasses coming. So I'm hoping I'm going to be able to see better. I got my Bible scriptures really big this morning. really, really big. If you saw them, you'd say, man, what's wrong with your eyes? Anyway, God will travel with us. Thirdly, be on guard against self-deception. Jonah had himself kind of deceived. He was going to get away from God, and everything was going to be all right. Didn't work that way. And fourthly, we talked about Jonah uh, getting into the fish of the, the belly of the fish and realize God can do anything. Some people might say, "I don't, I don't believe all that stuff." Well, I I thought if Jesus mentions something in the Bible, then maybe we should take notice. Anybody agree with that? If Jesus mentions it, you know, I think we should believe the Bible anyway. But if Jesus mentions it, maybe we should take notice. I want to read this scripture again. It's not on the screen. I just want you to listen. Luke 11, and as the crowd pressed in on Jesus, he said, This evil generation keeps asking me to show them a miraculous sign. But the only sign I will give them is the sign of Jonah. What happened to Jonah was a sign to the people of Nineveh that God had sent him. What happens to the Son of Man, which was Jesus, will be a sign to these people that he was sent by God. The people of Nineveh will also stand up against this generation on Judgment Day and condemn it. For they, talking about Nineveh, the Ninevites, they repented of their sins at the preaching of Jonah. Now someone greater than Jonah is here. And we're not talking about me. i talking about Jesus. But you refuse to repent. repent. Let's, let's pray just for a moment. Father, I need your touch this morning. And I just pray, Lord, as I pray for this people, they will also pray for me, that my thoughts would be in line with what the Holy Spirit wants your people to hear this morning. And I I believe, I really do believe specifically that not only do you want to speak to all of the church, myself included, but there are some individuals specifically that you have on the radar this morning. And so, Lord, I pray right now that their hearts would be really open because it will be a life-changing moment for them if the Word lands where it should and takes root this morning. So, Holy Spirit, we're asking you to help us, Lord, in communicating the Word. Help us to be attentive, Lord, as, as your Word is preached. And, Lord, we will just allow it to penetrate our hearts, our spirits. And where there needs to be change, help us to change. Where we've already changed, we give you thanks for your help and help us do that. Holy Spirit. Be in charge of this next few moments. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. This morning, we're going to uh, start on part two, and it's called Crisis, Now I Need You, God. Uh, How desperate does the stuff of life have to be before we as individuals run to God for help? that phrase, and I heard it over and over when I was younger, God helps those who help themselves. I have discovered that no matter what translation you buy, it's not in the Bible. God helps those who help themselves. It has been said that uh, believers in Jesus, and I quote, need to turn to God first when they have a problem. People, prayer, people, prayer should never be a last resort. It should be our first choice. Now, I want to jump into uh, that ch- second chapter of Jonah. And I got it, like I said, printed out for me. So I'm going to read it out to Jonah 2. It's not on the, on the screen, just the, uh, the chapter we're in. Go to the next slide, please. Jonah 2, okay? And you'll understand a little bit the last part in just a moment of that slide. Jonah chapter 2. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Now, note, don't forget last week we left Jonah in the fish god had sent a fish we don't know if he made the fish specifically for that purpose although we know there are big enough there's fish big enough to swallow a man in the world but uh we don't know if this fish was one god just created for this purpose or not but so last week we left them in the fish says then jonah prayed to the lord his god from inside the fish as far as i know this is the only prayer meeting that ever happened inside a fish Jonah said, I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble, and he answered me. I called to you from the land of the dead, and Lord, you heard me. You threw me into the ocean depths, and I sank to the heart of the sea. The mighty waters engulfed me. I was buried beneath your wild and stormy ways. Then I said, O Lord, you have driven me from your presence, yet I will look once more toward your holy temple. I sank beneath the waves, and the waters closed over me. Try to picture all this stuff. I, I just spent a lot of time thinking about this. one. Seaweed wrapped itself around my head. I sank down to the very roots of the mountains. I was imprisoned in the earth, whose gates locked shut forever. But you, O oh Lord my God, snatched me from the jaws of death. As my life was slipping away, I remember the Lord and my earnest prayer went out to you in your holy temple. Those who worship false gods turn their back on all God's mercies. But I will offer, offer sacrifices to you with the songs of praise, and I will fulfill all my vows. For my salvation comes from the Lord alone. Then the Lord ordered the fish to spit Jonah. Some translation says vomit Jonah. Out onto the beach. Here was a man who was totally responsible for his predicament. Jonah had not prayed, as someone said, when he went down to Joppa. That's where he ran to first to catch a boat. He had not prayed. But now that he's in the belly of the fish, he's praying. And now, of course some are on the other side of this, it would be easy for us to, uh, you know, to, to jump all over uh, Jonah at this point. You know, Jonah was a, was a prophet, and, and he knew and he saw God speak to, through him and, and use him, and, and we could see, Jonah, now you're in a crisis, and now you are praying. That's the way humans think. That's not the way God thinks. I like it what I read, like I read just recently. One of the surest evidences of faith is prayer. Listen to that for a moment. One of the surest evidences of faith is prayer. See, when you pray, you're pointing your direction somewhere else. So today, this word is all about hope. And you see the word hope on the screen. Hope is a feeling of expectation. I feel, I desire for certain things to happen. Every one of us here this morning, we've got hope about something. Some of this might not really be important. Some of them are very important things. A feeling of, of trust. We have a desire. We have an expectation. So the number one point this morning, verse, uh, number one, is hope restored as we look at this passage. Verse two, there's Jonah again. I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble, and he answered me. I call to you from the land of the dead and Lord you heard me. We are all of us we are on the right track when we realize who we need to petition, who we need to cry to when we are in struggle, in a struggle. Verse 7 that Jonah said and this is on the screen as my life was slipping away, I remembered the Lord and my earnest prayer went out to you in your holy temple. Just remember for a minute, Jonah was not in a church, he was not at a temple, he was not at a synagogue, he was not in a in a place where he had created to have a quiet time with God. Jonah was still in the fish, in the belly of the fish, but his hope was beginning to be restored. Why? Not because his circumstances had changed, but because he had changed his perspective, he was beginning to turn to God. He said, I'm going to trust the Lord. I'm crying out to the Lord in my great trouble. And when things are at their worst for you and for me, do we still pray? Do we still pray? Do I hope in God uh, as a man who says I love God uh, and seek after him when I believe it's all over? Things are just at its worst. Where is my hope? See, I'm hoping, and I'm speaking for me, I want to believe that even at the worst of times, I would call on the Lord. How often we can be the same as Jonah. When everything is going fairly good, we tend to take God for granted. Man, things are just rocking. Why do we sometimes wait until our world is falling apart before we will run to God? But Jonah did. And when he came to his senses, look at his reaction. I remembered the Lord. I remembered the Lord. And what, you say, what do you mean? He had forgotten about God? Uh, I think this more means he remembered the character of the Lord. Remember that story Jesus told about the prodigal son, that son who was kind of selfish and, and he wanted his... He couldn't wait for his dad to die. He wanted the inheritance now. And then when he got it all spent, he began to remember when he was in the pig's pen. He, this guy was in the belly of the, of the fish. He began to remember, my dad is good. He's kind. We sang about this morning. He's gracious. He's forgiving. This morning, I, and I, when I'm preparing, I, 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 ask, I try to be open to the Lord that maybe... Certain things or phrases is definitely for someone. And I felt this morning that this is a definite word for someone whose world today is plagued by confusion and disappointment. So you need to remember these three words. Remember the Lord. So no matter where you are this morning, whether you feel like you're like a person in the belly of the fish in a dark dungeon, a dark place, remember the Lord. The Lord. See, someone said, faith in our worst circumstances trusts to God. Faith in our worst circumstances. Then it says, not only did he remember the Lord, he prayed earnestly. That means he prayed like he meant it. It wasn't just some frivolous prayer, it came from a sincere and intense conviction. It was heartful, it was thoughtful, it was wholehearted. And I, I need to ask myself, I, I, like I ask myself these questions, and so do you. What do I focus on when I face my, when I face my last crisis or my last challenge? Or who did I focus on when I faced my last crisis or challenge? See, regardless of who we are, Regardless of who you are, whether you've been pastoring uh, like Buster Bruce, uh, myself, and Joanna uh, for years, and and for some of those decades and decades, uh, no matter who you are, it is a dark day when you lose hope. It's a dark day when, when you lose hope that things will get better in your life or in your family. It's a a dark day when you lose hope that your life is really going to mean anything. It's a dark day when you lose hope that you're going to have some joy somewhere in your life. And in this text, Jonah's hope right in the belly of the fish was restored. He was thankful, and it was totally dependent on his focus. See, if we can remember God when things are good, when things are going okay, and we pray, and we seek God, and we got a relationship with him, we pray like we mean it, not just out of duty. You know, our lives will be consistent in all of circumstances, even in the hard times, because, folks, serving God gives you hope. And without hope, it's hard to cope. Bring that up on the screen. Without hope, it is hard to cope. I'm going to keep repeating that to you so you can get it in your heart. Number two, hope lost. This is almost like a sidebar in this chapter. That's what I found anyway. Verse eight and nine says, those who worship false gods turn their backs on all God's mercies. Interesting. Those who worship false gods turn their backs on all of God's mercies. But Jonah said, but I will offer sacrifices to you with songs of praise, and I will fulfill all my vows, for my salvation comes from the Lord alone. What do I turn to in a crisis? Who who do I turn to in a crisis rather than God? That can be a false god. You say, well, I don't bow down and worship some idol. (laughs) You don't have to bow down and worship an idol to worship a false god. Anything you depend on more than God to solve the crisis you're in can be a god. And I'm not saying we shouldn't depend on people and count on people and and, and have a community where we trust and share and, 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 and get help and encourage. No, I'm not talking about that. But when something becomes more important to you to solve your problems than God, you have turned your back on God's mercy. It's always a dark day when one's back is turned word God. This verse is referring to a person who looks to and depends on something or someone else rather than God. C.H. Spurgeon, a preacher from the late 1800s, 1900s, early 1900s, he said, everything seems lost, but yet as long as man can look to God, nothing is lost. Isn't that good? Wherever you are today, It might all seem lost, but as long as you can look to God, nothing is lost. The enemy is telling you lies. Nothing is lost if you can keep your eyes on the Lord. But without hope, finish it with me. Without hope, it's hard to cope. Number three, hope realized. Someone told me this morning, they liked it because I was preaching and they're going to get out by 20 after 11, and I told them we're going to be longer this morning just on purpose. I'm not going to mention any names. Hope realized. Verse 10 it says, then the Lord, I like the way God is in charge of everything. The Lord ordered the fish to spit Jonah out onto the beach. Maybe Jonah didn't like being ordered around by the Lord at the beginning of Jonah, but he sure liked the Lord ordering something around now. You know, I, again, forgive me. I, I do have imaginations imagination that Thomas can get me into trouble, but in this case it didn't. All I could think of was this this fish swimming along, and he sees this, this wiggling thing falling down the water and probably flailing. You know, this is Jonah, by the way. And he just, you know, here he goes, 150-pound lunch. Least, I don't know what Jonah was, but I'm going to say he was both that anyway. He's probably in good shape. Stomach fish, stomach-sick fish. He was swimming along so thankful that he had had this good lunch. He didn't have to get, get a little little fish. He had one big, so like, you know, a big meal. And all of a sudden, he began to. I, I won't do that anymore because some of you, it'll make you. It, I, I don't know about you, but when I get stomach sick, I really want to throw up bad. I just want to do it. And my wife says she likes to let like the doors close, earplugs in, because when I get stomach sick and throw up, it, it's a, nobody can be as sick as a man, by the way. When I get stomach sick, like everybody hears, like I am, like my, my grandkids went, Well, oh, Poppy is dying. But, and I can imagine this, this poor old fish swimming through the water, you know, just going, I know I gotta quit making that, those. I might just have to run to the washroom. And all of a sudden, you know, you get an obedient fish because the Lord says, Fish, get rid of that, get rid of them. The disobedient uh, follower, was very fortunate that a fish was obedient. See, when we turn to the Lord for help, when we hold on to his character, when we pray like we really mean it, when we persevere in all of these, hope is realized. And you know, Jonah could have been spit out right in, or vomit out, some translation says, in the water, right out in the ocean somewhere, in the great sea, And he could have still drowned. But the Lord's, he got it all arranged. It says, the Lord ordered the fish to spit Jonah out onto the beach. Isn't that? Now, I know he didn't get a chair and sit down and enjoy the beach. He was a mess when he came out of that fish. You can use your imagination on that one. But the Lord told the thing, don't spit him out here, take him ashore, deliver him. I would say it's right in the direction of Nineveh, too. He had delivered him. Spit them out there. Vomit them out there. Throw them up there. Hope is realized when we persevere in trusting the Lord, hold on to his character and praying. Because without hope, it's hard to cope. Say it again. Without hope, it's hard to cope. You know, when we mess up, the the enemy would whisper. and, And some of you have heard this already. When you mess up in your life, the enemy loves to tell you, and sometimes people do too, it's all over for you, you're never going to make it. God is done with you. The story of Jonah shows that to be a lie. See, before Jonah realizes, oh, but I, I just got another scripture, I, I, I just needed to include this, and, and I'm sorry if my conclusion is a little bit longer than some of my points, Something had to change before Jonah realized this hope. Look at verse 4, the very first part of the verse. I think I might have that one up there too. Next one. Jonah said, then I said, oh, Lord, you have driven me from your presence. Do you know that? I, I read that over and over, but there's no evidence that this is truth. There's no evidence, matter of fact, contrary to that. Jonah was the one that allowed his circumstances to determine his position. It wasn't God. God didn't drive him from his presence. See, we need to remember, and someone needs to get this in your soul this morning. You need to remember that God's word and God's character is the barometer of truth, not your circumstances. Do you get that? Your circumstances is not the barometer for truth. It's God's word and God's character. And Jonah was looking at, at at what he had done and his situation and how he had done, disobeyed God, and he didn't even care that he was disobeying God. And he looked at it as, well, that's it. God has driven me from his presence. That wasn't true. It was God it was Jonah's circumstances, Jonah's attitude, his perspective, that changed the truth. I believe at time, and, and you, you know, some of you are really happy about this, God gives more than second chances. You know, some, we hear, you know, somebody says, well, okay, well, I'm going to give you another chance. Can you imagine if God only said that to some of us today? I'm giving you one chance. Okay, I'll give you two chances. For me, I am so glad God has given me more than two chances. Man, i be, you know, thank God for his grace. Someone said, and I put this quote on, I believe, on the screen. Failure, failure is not meant to be final and fatal. It is not meant to define you. It is meant to refine you to be all that you are meant to be. So wherever you are this morning, if you failed, it's not meant to be final. It's not meant to be all is written about you. But you, if you change your perspective... Change what you're believing. Look to God's word. Look to God's character. It can be that very thing that the enemy says, now you're done. There's no forgiveness for that. That very thing that the enemy says you're done for can be used, God can use to refine you and make you that you're meant to be. You know, sometimes like Jonah, we go through forced change. And here's what I mean by that you know you have the change. You know there's things in your life that needs to change. But you're putting it off. I'm thinking now of a friend. and I'm not even thinking about uh, some sinful thing, as a matter of fact. But this friend who was in this position, and he was looking at, well, you know, a year or so down the road, I'm going to change, and I've been doing this work behind the scenes and studying and taking courses, but I really want to do this eventually, and I feel this is where I should be doing eventually. Uh, but he's putting it off and putting it off. And all of a sudden, some circumstances came. They weren't all pleasant. But now he's doing, but it forced him to change and do the things that he wanted to do. And sometimes God brings about forced change in all of our lives because we, we are afraid to make the change, for, we're afraid to make the step. So even though, as I said in that verse 4, verse 4a, Jonah says, you have driven me from your presence, and that wasn't in line with God's character. Look at the rest of verse 4. Next slide. Yet, I will look once more toward your holy temple. Every time you see someone saying, looking toward the holy temple, or I want to be in the, in the temple, for us, that doesn't mean we're going to go live in the temple, or in the church, or in the synagogue, or whatever. That doesn't mean that. It's talking about the presence of God. It's talking about getting to be where God is. Now, some of your translations... It, If you've got your Bibles open to Jonah, verse 4, does any of your translations say, look again? Put up your hand if it says, look again. Yes. That's for someone here today. Say it with me, will you? Look again. Look again. No matter where you are this morning, you need once more to look again. Did you hear what I'm saying? You've been looking at the wrong things. What does God's word say? What does God's character say? Look again. Look again. You've messed up. Yeah, I've messed up. I've done it again. Look again to God. Will you do that today? But I've made a mess of my marriage. Look again to God. But i made a mess of my relationships. Look again to God. The devil only wins when you stop looking back to God. That's the only time he ever wins. I don't care how many times you've messed up. If you look again to God, you're on the right track. And the enemies will be defeated in your life. If you're in a crisis, look again. Turn to God. If you're not in a crisis, turn to God. It's better to live a consistent, dependent life on God than wait until you're forced to by a crisis. God still loves you anyway. But look again. The last slide. Put up the last slide, please. Life is much better when we live each day with the mindset that I'm going to place my hope always in the Lord even if I'm just like Jonah in the belly of the fish which represents a dark confined constrictive how do the will of God place even if I'm in there I'm going to look again to the Lord because I believe God is going to do something circumstances are going to change because I'm trusting God's word and trusting in God's character I'm going to end with one last quote, and you don't have to listen to it because I don't have it on the screen. Just leave the slide up that's up there now. The, uh, worse than not having help. Sometimes you say, well, you know, if only I had some help. Worse than not having help is to be without hope. You get that in your heart? You know, the worst thing in the world is not to have any hope. Not to have any hope in your life. So as Christians, as followers of Christ, we need to realize, as we're told in the book of Hebrews 13, we are never without hope. Because Christ said he would never forsake us and never leave us. I I trust today that you will hope again. And you will look again. And that's where your hope comes. When you look again, look again to the Lord. I want you to bow your heads for a moment. I've been asking the Lord... I would have finished this message off this morning. I would have finished the service off. And here's the way I felt to do it. If you if you have to leave after we the 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 team starts a song and they're going to do that in just a moment, but then you know you have to pick up your kids or you have to leave. Feel free to do that. that that's 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 fine. We're just so glad that you've come. And out of all the things you could have been done, doing today, you've come here to worship. With us and to be part of this community this why we're so glad you've come. But if you have the leave, feel free to do that. But for those who, who, who might be feeling that you connected something in this word connected with you today, where you are, we want to pray for you. And what we want you to do is, first of all, if, if you say, you know what, I, I just need some, I really need some hope in a certain situation in my life. I, I need to look again. I need to keep looking again. And with everyone's, your head bowed, and you're just saying, that's where I am this morning, and I just need some prayer. Would you just put up your hands just for a moment? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much. You may put them down. If you're not a Christian this morning, well, you need to look for the first time to the Lord Jesus. He loves you. He cares about you. The kind of God we talked about this morning who could have wiped Jonah out, he was already at him in the belly of the fish. He could have left him there. And let him be digested, but he didn't. He loved them. He cared about them. And the Lord cares about you this morning, wherever you are. And I would encourage you to say, Lord, I, I'm so sorry for the way I've lived. I've lived my life for myself. I do my own thing. I, I make my own decisions. I need your help. Will you forgive me of my sin? I recognize you as my Savior, as the Son of God. Will you help me to live right? Do that this morning. If you do, make sure you tell someone before you leave. We we just encourage you to be become part of the family of God. And make make this your home if you can. As the team could, would come forward, would you would you come, team? The worship team are going, they're going to sing a, a song. Maybe the last one on the list. Or I think come to the altar. I think it is. I I just want to before I I pray and before I give some more instructions. I just want to read maybe keep your head bowed and just so you can just li- just listen through the words. This is an old song. If you've been around a, ch- around a church or attended church in the past, or you might remember this song from years ago, written by a name, name, man named Edward Mote. It's an old song of the church. It says, My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. That's not the kind of words maybe we use today. But all that's saying is, you know what? My hope is built on nothing but Jesus. I trust God. Then the chorus goes, on Christ a solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. When darkness veils His lovely face. What do we go to? I rest on His unchanging on grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within that veil. The grace of God. His hope, His covenant, is blood. Support me in what I'm going through right now. It says the whelming flow, but that's what it means. When I'm, the struggle I'm going through right now is going to support me. When all around my soul, and you feel like that today, my soul is giving way. He then is all my hope and stay. Would you stand with me this morning?